Second hour, Darren, Donick, and Jace on this Wednesday morning. ESPN 1025, the game. Titans linebacker Wesley Woodyard, who had a big play at the end of the Chargers. Crazy game here at Nissan Stadium on Sunday. will join us coming up to kick off the next hour. Also get a Bucks preview. Of course, Tampa coming to town this Sunday. So we'll learn a little bit more about the Bucks coming off a bye after getting shredded in london we always love our conversations with trey wingo golick and wingo in fact you can hear their show every morning four hours on 94.9 game two right here trey how you doing hey guys how are you doing well we're doing fantastic we were actually uh kicking around imagine that uh adam Schefter's comments and i know you guys have been doing the same thing because obviously there's patriots dots to connect here in nashville with john robinson the general manager mike vrabel the head coach, and, you know, we've admitted, I've admitted, it's hooey-fooey until Adam did that on Monday, like, yeah, Tom Brady's going to play somewhere else. Like, let, what, let's, even though we have a four-hour show, we're not going to waste time talking about Tom Brady coming to Nashville, but I've got to be honest, after what he did on Monday, which seemed a little bit out of character for Adam Schefter because he's just more about a reporter not really kind of putting stuff like that out there, I did sit up and go, whoa, now wait a minute. Is is he know something? And we know he talks to people before he ever goes on the airwaves. He must know something for him to take that to the airwaves. Look, he, here's the best way I can say this, because Adam wasn't reporting that. He was just sort of making people aware. And we all know what Adam is, and more importantly, what he isn't, right? He's not a hot taker. He's not a guy that, hmm, let's see if this works. I'm going to throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. If he's saying that, what you're hearing is information from somebody else who's saying to him, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. And Tom Brady was on and did his weekly radio show this week uh, with WEEI up in Boston, and he was asked about it. And the most patriot thing to say of all time would have been what? Guys, I'm preparing for the Browns. I, I, I got no time for this. I'm preparing about the Browns. We're on to Cincinnati. I'm on to the Browns. <laughs> uh, you can ask all you want, but I'm on to the Browns. And he didn't. Tom went into a deep, long, 45-second answer about, well, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's been a one, I've had a wonderful 20 years. It's been great, and I don't, I, I don't know when it's going to come to an end. I don't have to worry about that now. And that's something that, I mean, it was the most non-Patriot, non-Tom Brady answer of all time, which I think only adds a little more credence to what Adam was saying. Okay, so you are paid to give your opinions. Mm-hmm. Why... What, what's different? Why, why do you think it's, there is something? Is it the trainer situation? I mean, what, is it just finally he wants to see what it's like without Belichick? I mean, what, in your opinion, why would he explore possibly ending his career somewhere else? Well, th- there's really two things we're talking about down here, right? We're talking about ending his career somewhere else or ending his career. I mean, to me, there, there are two things that might be in play here. He is in the last year of his contract. He hasn't made a really big push for a new contract. I remember in training camp, someone asked him about it. I think they said, uh, do you deserve a new contract? And he said, well, do you think I deserve a new contract? (laughs) And that was the end of the discussion, right? We haven't had any news about his contract situation since. So it's, it's not one thing. It's not two things. It's three things. I mean, we all sort of, uh, it was, it was earlier this year where he put his house up for sale. And trust me, when I looked at the portfolio, that house is going to take some time to sell because <laughs> there's a lot going on there, okay? So you've got to get ahead of that thing. And then you've had the issue with his trainer, the TB12 method, who was kicked off the team fl- uh, flights and all that kind of stuff. He also put his house up on the market. And 
there seems to be no pressure one way or the other from the organization or Tom to be worried about a contract beyond next year. So that's part of it. But the other part of it uh, is, is what you're talking about, which is would he want to go play somewhere else? Listen, Tom is the ultimate competitor, and Bill Belichick is the ultimate coach, right? We all know a couple of years ago that uh, Bill thought he had a succession plan in place. Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the guy to replace Tom Brady, and clearly the Crafts, who after the trade for Garoppolo to San Francisco, came out and said Tom deserves, has earned the right to retire on his own time. So Bill Belichick basically called up one team, the 49ers, and said, uh, give me your best offer. He didn't shop him. He just said, if you want him, what do you, what's it going to be for Garoppolo? And that deal got done in a hurry. I believe there's a large part of Bill Belichick that would love to prove he can win without Tom Brady. And conversely, I do believe there is a part of Tom that would love to show, hey, it's just as much about me as it is about the head coach. There's a, there's a legendary story about Tom's competitiveness. Brian Hoyer told this story to us a couple of years ago where the Patriots were playing a pickup basketball game for charity against a bunch of local Foxborough policemen and firemen. And they were down either at the half or heading into the third quarter, and Brady lit into his teammates and said, we are not sleeping losing to a bunch of policemen and firemen. And they went out and stomped them either in the second half or the fourth quarter. I can't remember what it was. That's the kind of guy we're talking about here. That, that was a charity event? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, went, but yeah, it didn't go so charitably for the policemen and the fire department. Just listening to you describe his house, I didn't get the vibe that it was 2,100 square feet. No, it's more like $21 million. Ooh, I mean, it's a, yeah. it, was a, it was a lot that was bought, and then they just expanded it and put on I me. Mean, let me put it this way. We live close to the house that Mike Tyson used to own in Farmington, and then uh, I think uh, – uh, who was it that uh, bought that house? Uh, 50 Cent went on to buy that house. So there's going to be a very specific person looking for that house in the in the Boston area, much in the same way it took 50 Cent to buy Mike Tyson's old mansion here in Farmington, Connecticut. So like Mark Wahlberg and maybe like two other people, something like that? Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's a short list, and they all have better have a lot of money and be from Boston. Lots of zeros past that first yeah. number. Trey Wingo is with us, ESPN NFL, Golik and Wingo show. And, Trey, I, it's interesting. You could look at the AFC South right now, and it's probably not mathematically inconceivable that all four teams end up 8-8. Eight and eight. <laughs> But yep. which, which way do you lean, and do you see any optimism from the Titans' side with, with the quarterback change to Tannehill? Well, I mean, just from a purely statistical standpoint, right, I think they had their best yards per attempt third down conversion, and both uh, most catches for their outside receivers in, in the win over the Chargers, right? So from my micro-statistical uh, uh, output, I think that's, that's the one thing you take away from the game, outside of another inexplicable Chargers loss, by the way. I mean, good for the right. Titans to come up with a play to win it, but my God, I feel for Chargers fans. I don't know how they exist to constantly have their heart broken in new and just horrendous ways. That was the most on-brand loss for the Chargers that I could ever remember. Well, they don't um, exist. Have you seen their home games? Well, that's true. I mean, the last one was the Steelers' home game. I, it apparently was played in, in uh, Carson City, otherwise known as uh, Allegheny, Pennsylvania. <laughs> it, it was very, very strange. Um, but, yeah, it, they're, they're a mess. Look, the, the other thing is, it, the, the problem is, for both uh, Mariota and for Jameis Winston, you know, both, both won two in the draft, nothing's changed for them since they came into the league, right? I mean, that, that's the biggest problem. Uh, they won two in that 2015 draft, and who was Marcus Mariota? 
I mean, who is Jameis Winston? A guy who can make a ton of throws and do all these things, but is a turnover machine. He's had the most turnover and interceptions over that time frame. And who is Marcus Mariota since that time frame? A guy who will make plays with his legs and is still a very inconsistent passer. And at four-plus years into the league, that's just not what you're looking for. So who would you lean towards in the division race right now? Because that's that's ultimate. The Titans have already lost their two division games, and right. they'll have to be that much better if they're going to get into the tiebreaker situation. I, I just continue to be impressed with what Frank Reich does with the Colts every week. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, look, to me there's no doubt that Sean Payton is right now the coach of the midseason or almost midseason, whatever you want to call it, when you go 5-0 and with your backup quarterback. But Frank Reich has done a remarkable job. Uh, in Indianapolis. Man, Andrew Luck surprised retirement to everyone but Adam Schefter, of course, uh, in, in August. And he said, we're going to be fine with Joe, Jacoby Brissett, and he was right. That defense is getting healthy. They got Darius Leonard back, uh, the rookie of the year, the middle linebacker from South Carolina State, who played very well and had a game ceiling interception against the Texans. So I would lean towards uh, the Colts right there, but I would all, hey, listen, Deshaun Watson, the Texans aren't going to be going anywhere either. I mean, uh, Deshaun is, is, is uh, taking a huge step forward in the last few weeks. Um, that defense has been a little spotty. But to me right now, if I'm handicapping that division, I would lean Indy first with the Texans a close second. Trey Wingo is here with us from ESPN, host Golick and Wingo, uh, which you can hear on 94.9 Game 2, Monday through Friday from 5 to 9. Also does a lot with the NFL. And, Trey, you've been in this business a long time. You know how to act around a live microphone. And I know that the Jets are not happy about – some comments uh, from Sam Darnold that got picked up saying he was seeing ghosts because NFL Films had a mic on him. What did you make of this whole situation after a really bad game by the Jets Monday night? Uh, I think in, in a little bit it's a straw man to take away from the fact that the last sentence you just said, the Jets had a really bad game on Monday night. Now, I, I can appreciate why Adam Gase as his head coach, and I can appreciate why Le'Veon Bell as his teammate would go there and have Sam's back this is bogus. You, you sign up for the mic, you wear the mic. And by the way, it's not like he said anything proprietary. He's like, this one blitz is driving me crazy, or I, we're trying to do this. He just said, I'm seeing ghosts. And if anybody out there watched the game, they could see him seeing ghosts. So, you know, I, I, listen, you guys might remember this. Uh, there was a 1998 Monday Night Football game between the Colts and the Rams. And Peyton Manning went down and inside the red zone, they got inside the five-yard line, and they threw it three straight times and they kicked the field goal. Well, Peyton was mic'd up for that game. And Jeff Saturday, his center, was on the bench yelling at him, hey, man, all week in practice we ran the ball, and you went down and threw the ball, and Peyton lost it. And he went over there and got Saturday's face, and Saturday got up in his face, and Tarek Glenn, the left tackle, had to come separate him. It was all this kind of stuff. And about an hour later, you see Peyton on the bench saying, by the way, I'm mic'd up tonight. They caught all of that. They sort of laughed about it. <laughs> so this is not the first time we've seen something ridiculous happen with somebody mic'd up. But it wasn't even that bad. He, it, he was saying something that anybody that watched the game clearly saw. And for all his teammates being upset about it, I thought Sam handled it very well when he went on with ESPN New York on the Michael K show and said, hey, look, you know, uh, I, I, I'm sorry he got picked up, but, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, and I'll be fine. So I think, I think we all need to relax a little bit here. When you talk about quarterbacks, it's obviously been a weird year for starting quarterbacks with a lot of injuries and uh, the backups coming in and doing well. So looking at the Carolina Panthers, should Kyle Allen stay the starter? Yes. Give me a reason why he shouldn't be, I guess would be my retort to that. They didn't win a game uh, with 
uh, with Cam Newton in there this year. And Kyle, here's, here's the entire list in the history of the NFL to the AFL-NFL merger, so the NFL as we know it, back to 1970. Here's the entire list of quarterbacks that have won their first five starts without throwing an interception. Kyle Allen, end of list. That's it. There is nobody else, okay? Uh, the old thing, you can't lose your job to injury, is the oldest, dumbest saying of all time. Cam Newton just lost his job because of injury, and I'm not sure when he's going to get it back. Look, Cam Newton's in the final year of his contract next year, $21.5 million, right? And quite frankly, that's a very uh, easy number to swallow when you're seeing $33, $34, $35 million for quarterbacks being doled out now. Uh, And I think they have to decide, okay, do we want to go back to a guy who has been great for us? And Cam has been almost everything. No, take that back. He has been literally everything you would want him to be as the number overall pick of the 2011 draft, won an MVP, led him to the Super Bowl, multiple playoffs, has played through pain, has played through injuries, has toughed it out, all that kind of stuff. But there's an old saying that I do believe in the NFL. You see a lot of young running quarterbacks, you don't see a lot of old ones. And that's sort of where we are with Cam, with the number of hits that he's taken over the years. I think it is the smartest thing for the franchise to do, to make sure you give Kyle Allen the longest leash to make sure you make the right decision in the offseason. Because if you are going to stick with Kyle Allen, I do believe you have a very, very interesting tradable asset in Cam Newton. Last thing, Trey, if you pick Michigan to win this weekend, how will that be for your show? How uncomfortable could that get for you? Oh, listen, I, I went to Notre Dame and South Bend a week, two weeks ago with these guys, so I couldn't care less. I mean, I feel like I get beat by a shamrock on a daily basis. So I'm... I, nothing would make me happier. I would drink milk with my steak like Jim Harbaugh the Monday after the show if somehow Michigan finds a way to beat Notre Dame. Will you wear khakis on Monday if they win? <laughs> I, I will wear horrendously pleated khakis from 2004, yes, if they do win the game. I think they're going to, so I'll be watching on Monday for sure. Boom. <laughs> Thank you, Trey, as always. Appreciate it. Tell Fitzy we said hi. Guys. Yeah, tell Fitzy we uh, yeah, said hello. Well, I'm going over there for brownies later. See you. All, right, all right, we'll <laughs> see you, Trey Wingo. Golick and Wingo on 94.9 Game 2 Monday through Friday. We'll come back. More of Darren, Donick, and Chase next.